Hi, and you're very welcome to my podcast show. In this episode, I got to speak with Ken Kukie. Ken is an award-winning journalist, a book author, and a keynote speaker. He's the co-author of Big Data, a revolution that transforms how we live, work, and think with Victor Mayer Schoenberger, who is a New York Times bestseller and translation to over 20 languages and sold over 1 million copies worldwide. It won the National Library of China's Wenjin Book Award and was a finalist for the FT Business Book of the Year. Ken co-authored a follow-on book called Learning with Big Data, The Future of Education. I got the chance to speak to Ken about big data and whether the technologies are going to be used for surveillance or for good. Hi, I'm Kenneth Kukie. I'm a senior editor at The Economist and I'm the co-author of the book Big Data, a revolution that transforms how we live, work and think. Can you talk about privacy, Ken? Tell us what, you know, what stage are we at? Are they, are they surveillance technologies or are they helpful technologies? Such a good question because I think the question of privacy, at least in my mind, is changing considerably because of artificial intelligence. And that's in two different directions. In one direction is well understood, one direction is absolutely not. So what is well known? Well, privacy and the public sphere versus sort of an internet private sphere has been an issue for several centuries. Not much earlier than that, of course, it's much what's considered a modern concept, even though there was the intimate sphere, but not so much. If you walk around, for example, the, uh, the bedrooms in Versailles where the king and queen would sleep, you saw that it's, it's almost in a quasi-public gallery, right, where the, where the bed was. And so you can imagine that it was hard to actually find sort of the intimacy of privacy in, uh, in the period, you know, prior to the Enlightenment. The, I don't know if there's a link there with the Enlightenment, there probably is, in fact, when they talk a lot more about that, but to in our potted history very quickly, um, of course, privacy became a big thing because of digital technologies. That's when uh, the kind of the community that cared about privacy post World War II and cared about digital technologies sort of merged together, and we created obviously the OECD privacy rules that in personal information and the data protection regime that we live with right now, it was largely good except sort of the internet came around and first it seemed to be a flagrant violation and abuse of privacy, but for reasons that people didn't really think about from first principles. Um, for the last 20 years we've had privacy advocates up in arms, breathlessly complaining about behavioral targeting, which frankly, I, mean, I think a, a reasonable person, and we can, you can even see in terms of the real, real the revealed preference of ordinary web surfers, nobody cared about, right? It just didn't really matter to people that they were being tracked. Now, what they did care about was that they were being tracked and they were being manipulated and that information was being misused, the Cambridge Analytica story. But what had been theory, but never practice, up until 2016 became practice. We cared about the misuse of data. I don't think we cared about Patagonia uh, you know, jacket following us all around the web from every website that we visited. It was an annoyance, it was a nuisance, but it wasn't really, it wasn't harmful to us in any way, in the same way that we think our democracy is falling apart, rightly so, because of things like Cambridge Analytica. Now AI comes in, and there's, I think the issue swings in two different directions that people haven't really thought a lot about. And this is where my thoughts are going right now. The first one is the way artificial intelligence systems work is it needs all of the data, the raw data, because you can't it, you, you can't know at the outset what are going to be the relevant 
variables in a high dimensional space that will be will lead to the output that you want. For example, we know uh, the, the famous research in um, in ophthalmology that came out about a year ago, where you could have a uh, uh, where you can look at the uh, retina of patients and identify their gender based on the retina, something that an ophthalmologist cannot do, but that the uh, an AI system can do to about a 95 degree accuracy, 95% accuracy, which is just weird. Like nobody even knew there was anything that had this sort of feature that showed sex in a retina scan. And if you can do it there, then you can imagine like, why don't we just take a look at some cell samples in my uh, in my bloodstream and identify that I'm gonna have cancer in 20 years, like of this particular organ, and so we can, protect, we can prevent it now by taking these steps. That's the great promise of AI that we will get to. It's certainly there, it's there before us, because we can use all the data, all the raw data. The problem, privacy rules inherently circumscribe the amount of information, the amount of data you can use, and actually winnow it to the smallest amount. It even says that you should throw out the data once its quote-unquote primary purpose has been fulfilled. Problem, the whole point about AI, the whole big data era, is that you never rely on just the primary purpose. You, you, you benefit from these myriad of secondary purposes to which the information can be put that you only know in the future, so you're better off saving all the data today. Okay, so that's the first thing. That would suggest that privacy law is restricting uh, the great benefits that AI can bring society. That's the issue. We got a remedy, because that's ridiculous. Like, we want the benefits from society. We want to cure cancer before the cancer will kill us. Swing to the other direction. AI is uh, and privacy, the stakes will become a lot harder. And you could just simply say it's with facial recognition, but that's the canary in the coal mine for every other way in which we're leaving a data trace, a little shadow, that changes the fundamental economics, really, of, uh, of how we can identify people at all times. Uh, before, it was just really difficult to there was like a stickiness. There was it was it was there was these in, we we accepted how the state could sort of surveil us uh, because there were these inherent limitations to what it could do, right? So if you wanted to look at people, um, you had to either take a take a photograph. You could have cops who could try to remember the images of people. You would you might have had uh, CCTV television cameras, but they couldn't be seen at all times. So it was mainly to see a crime afterwards. There was, we accepted some of these technologies because we knew that they weren't that effective. But now that you can actually have perfect information, perfect recall, and have everyone being tracked to a perfect degree, every face on barcode, for so to speak, it definitely changes the economics and the capability of, and the asymmetry of power between the state and the individual. That to me is quite alarming, in fact. So on one hand, I think privacy law is denying human freedom and is, and is, and we should, and the ability to make the world a better place, we should loosen privacy laws uh, so that we can actually get the benefit of data. On the other hand, in certain other areas, again, the use, not just the collection of it, not the theory or whether it's hypothetical, but the practice of it, in the case of facial recognition, but it's going to be voice recognition, it's going to be probably sensors that can pick up our phenomes, uh, our sort of hormonal makeup and biochemistries at a distance um, of who we are in a crowd. That's going to come too. Um, that I think we need to really control against. 
for the sake of human freedom, a very, very sort of mid-20th century fear that I have, um, a fear of totalitarian and authoritarian control, and the world is, is shifting in that direction, uh, answers to how we're going to do that. Uh, so we better get some good answers, because this is a, a real classical matter of human freedom. Thanks for listening and checking out my podcast. You can head over to Spotify and find my podcast there or on Apple iTunes. Subscribe to my podcast on my website. You can head over to www.inaom.io for further details.